County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Gallicoon, New York. Head down to their Lower Main Street Gallicoon location to see what fresh in-house baked goods they're cooking up. I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and here are some of this week's top stories. The Avon Commercial Park Project, which involves constructing two warehouse buildings totaling 560,000 square feet, proposes connecting to the consolidated Rock Hill Emerald Green Sewer District. The Glen Wild Land Company, which is developing the Avon Commercial Park project, told the Democrat that it is seeking to develop the property, quote, reason responsibly and ethically. The developer said an on-site sewer system was previously studied at a lower cost than an extension, but added, quote, connecting to a municip- municipally run system will give both our ownership group and the town of Thompson residents the peace of mind to know that wastewater systems will be responsibly run in perpetuity. While there is an increased cost to us as developers, the overall benefit to the community makes it more than worthwhile. According to the map plan report prepared by MHE Engineering, the project will cost $1.3 million to extend the sewer district to the warehouse doors, but will not result in increased costs for existing district users. Furthermore, the resolution states that the Avon Park project will be responsible for the cost of extending the district to the warehouse. Currently, the Emerald Green Water Treatment Plant will be obtaining an upgrade at a cost of approximately $13.8 million to order to, in order to meet the new standards from the state and expand capacity for, quote, future growth. District users will pay for that upgrade along with financial grants the town is applying for. According to the map plan and report, the proposed sewage flow will be approximately 4,000 gallons per day. The Emerald Reed plant has a capacity of 410,000 gallons per day, with an average sewage flow of 233,400 gallons per day, according to the map plan and report, which recorded flows from August 2020 to July 2022. At the January 3rd Tana Thompson board meeting, the board presented the multi-part resolution to be voted on. The first part of the resolution was declared the district's proposed extension would not negatively impact the environment. The board voted unanimously yes to this resolution. The second part of the resolution is, quote, making certain determinations in relation to the proposed extension. The town board voted unanimously yes. However, on the third part of the resolution, approving extension number two, subject to permissive referendum, Councilperson Scott Mace and Councilperson Melinda Meadow voted no, with Councilperson Ryan Schock and Councilperson John Pavese, along with Town Supervisor Bill Reaper Jr., voting yes. Therefore, the resolution passed. Reaver said before the vote that the extension was in the town's best interest. He went on to say he understands the project is facing a legal battle and that the project's scope can change. Giving sewer or not giving sewer to this project doesn't stop or do anything to the project. If the project goes forward, you will still have proper handling of the effluent. And if the project doesn't go forward, it's a moot point. Meadow told the Democrat her reason for voting no is that the extension will take capacity away from the sewer district if the project can potentially not go forward. Project is currently facing a legal battle with Sullivan County. Supreme Court has been asked to review the project via Article 78. The proceeding seeks to vacate and annul the negative declaration set forth by the Thompson Planning Board because of the adverse environmental impact of the clearing of trees and impacts on soil and water to build the warehouses. Meadow said with a quote for sale sign posted on the property, quote, we would be obligated to provide sewage for a project that may not come to fruition. It seems better to wait to obligate sewer when there is an actual project moving forward and is determined the business wants to utilize municipal sewer as opposed to constructing their own sewer system. Steve Viglianti, an attorney for the Avon Park project, said the property is, quote, listed with a nationwide broker seeking tenants for the approved buildings. We are hoping to build to the suit. 
Councilperson May said he voted no due to similar concerns over capacity once the district is extended and is unsure if this quote is the project Rock Hill needs or wants right now. With the increased traffic and traffic already having difficulty negotiating the turns in Rock Hill now, May said safety is a major concern. If they want to build, let them put in their own exit near them as they do all along any other major highways, said Mays. The past resolution is subject to a permissive referendum in which users in the sewer district can sign a petition to bring the resolution to a referendum vote within 30 days. According to Thompson Town Attorney Michael Mednick, the referendum will need 5% of, town of the total number of owners of taxable real property situated within the proposed extended district for the referendum or 100 owners, whichever is lesser per town law. If no petition is set forth, the resolution will return to the town board for a final vote of approval of the sewer extension. The Lake Communities Alliance said they are not in favor of the expansion of the Rock Hill Sewer District, adding, quote, we don't believe that the future sewer district capacity limits can be determined until the tenancy of the planned Avon Park Distribution Center is known. The type of sewer discharges that will take place from the site can be properly evaluated. In other news, during last week's Human Resources Committee meeting of the county legislator. Legislators voted in support of a resolution to create a county diversity, equity, and inclusion policy. Furthermore, the policy states that any employee found to have exhibited any inappropriate conduct or behavior against others may be subject to disciplinary action. Uh, it adds that the county's diversity initiatives encourage and enforce teamwork and employee participation, permitting the representation of all groups and employee perspectives, work-life balance through understanding and accommodating employees' varying needs, and employer and employee contributions to the communities they serve to promote a greater understanding and respect for diversity. Majority Leader Alan Sorensen, who chairs the committee, spoke in favor of having such a DEI policy and the associated trainings which have happened or will take place in the future. He said, it's quote, I think it's important to have this policy in place and think we have to recognize with the training that people grew up with different backgrounds. There are still people out there who are ignorant to some of the statements they make as being insensitive. So we've got to put them on notice that they maybe need to change the way they think and be more inclusive. Last week, the Democrat reported on recent statistics from the county's OD map that were shared by Deputy Health and Human Services Commissioner and Sullivan County Drug Task Force Co-Chair Wendy Brown. According to Brown, for the year 2022 and the start of 2023, there have been 215 overdoses in the county, 25 fatalities, and 140 incidents of Narcan being used on a call. Health and Human Services Commissioner John Little provided additional context regarding that data on Friday. Little explained that in 2020, at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, the county's opioid overdose rate was 65.5 per 100,000 population. That number improved in 2021 to 48.1 per 100,000. He stated that even though the OD map numbers aren't final, they have the county somewhere in the low 30s for 2022. That number is very encouraging to me, said Little. It says the work that we're doing in the community in the drug task force is bringing that curve down of opioid-related deaths in our community. In other news, last year, Move Sullivan doubled its number of bus routes from two to four. The county legislature also eliminated bus fares through at least the end of 2023. According to Community Resources Commissioner Laura Quigley, the number of riders has slightly more than doubled since the recent expansion with Route D, which goes through Wurtsboro, Bloomingburg, Rock Hill, and part of Monticello, seeing a lot of usage. Quigley reported that in total, an average of 210 riders a day or, or, or 1,050 a week are currently utilizing the bus system. 
The big thing for me is the fact that it makes the case for public transportation in the county for people who don't have access to a vehicle or don't drive, so they're able to get around the county, said Quigley. Quigley added that they've received calls from people who are very grateful the bus service exists and were appreciative of the service. Quigley is currently working with Garnet Health on a medical transportation plan, which will increase access to health care for those who need it. Now that we have this up and running, we're looking at transportation options to build this network, said Quigley, and see where we need to expand. Last but not least, the Liberty Central School District is taking the next step forward in changing their mascot. The state of New York recently mandated that all state-funded educational institutions that display native or indigenous mascots, logos, and imagery must be altered by the end of the 2022-2023 school year or face serious penalties. The Liberty Central School District announced on January 19th that residents of the district can participate in a mascot renaming survey, which is available until February 17th. Those who wish to give their response are welcome to reply to the questions at the survey, which can be accessed on the school district's website. In addition to the survey, the district will be holding a public forum on February 7th at 6 p.m. in the high school auditorium, where faculty, staff, students, and members of the public are invited to ask questions, give suggestions, and learn more about the future of the new face of the district. That does it for today's episode of the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe, and we'll be back in touch with you next week with the latest headlines. We hope everyone has a safe and wonderful weekend.